Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. So this is good to be here today. I honestly didn't know if I was going to make it. We've had one of those fun little post-school year viruses floating around our house. So if you thought I've been a little standoffish, there was a reason for that. Um, trying to keep it contained in our own little house there. But it's good to see everyone today. Some familiar faces, some partially familiar faces, and some new ones today. So thank you for coming to First Baptist Church, Floyd Data, Texas, uh, to worship with us today. You know, I also have to apologize for another reason. Um, I'm not using our Pew Bible today. That's the Bibles that everybody has access to uh, in front of them, which is the... Um, ESV, our English Standard Version Bible. It's a good Bible, but when we come to days like Christmas, a little more traditional uh, translation, I think, is more appropriate. So today I'm actually reading from the New King James uh, Version. It just captures more of that heritage that we found, um, I think, a little bit better today. So if you will, join with me in the second chapter of Luke. Starting in verse 1, the scripture says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census was the first, uh, first took place while uh, Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the day was completed for her to deliver, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood above them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and to earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was, when the angel had gone away, from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they, were, they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they, they had seen him, they had made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it marveled at those things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and it was told to them. And then eighth day uh, were completed for the circumcision of the child. His name is called Jesus, 
the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And that is our Christmas story. That is the reason that we can gather week after week, Sunday after Sunday. Because that Christmas story is how God intervened in history and changed the course of each and every one of our lives. Now, many times as we, we traditionally bring out the same ornaments, the same traditions, the same flowers and things like that, uh, I think sometimes we can miss the significance of this single event. Now, we know that Jesus Christ is our Savior, but reading this story, we can kind of come so accustomed to it that we don't see what kind of document this is. This one piece of Scripture is a political manifesto. It is calling the powers that be of the time into something different. It is a charge to the world that things are going to be different and is going to be heralded by a new leader, this Jesus, this one born to Mary and Joseph, who didn't even have room in the end for them to lay their child, but found a feeding stall, a manger in which to lay their newborn in. This Caesar Augustus, who was he? He was the great leader of the Roman Empire that brought this Pax Romanus, this Roman peace, and with it a particular worldview. And the way they saw it, Rome was the authority of the world. And through Rome's authority and power manifested to them that they would bring this ultimate peace where all could thrive and be prosperous. And then that is what they did. But Rome brought their peace through warfare and bloodshed and technology that they had at their disposal. Under the Romans, they built roads so that their military can go from one side of the empire to the, to the other to, to put down uprisings and rebellion. But they also gave something back to the people. They gave them uh, a, a sense of peace because if there's no battles in war, you can actually get about your life and go about what you were wanting to do before all this took place. And in a sense, they gave others prosperity because they secured for them a place of welfare. As long as you fall, fell under their governance. They were this world power that would change everything for the better. As long as you did it the way they wanted. But now if you're reading this story as a Jew. A Jew back in Mary and Joseph's day and Jesus' day. It rings a little bit different. You live in the Holy Land. In place where David and Solomon built this great empire, the place that was promised to you, a place where the temple once reigned and was rebuilt. But you know that it's different, because even though you live in this place of your heritage, of this, this great symbol of power of your nation, it's not quite the same. You've read the stories, you've had your own scriptures in this, and you saw how the people had destroyed their walk because they did not follow God as their, their leader but they followed other earthly ways and they fell to idolatry over the years. And even though they were able to rebuild their kingdom, it wasn't quite the way it should have been. For you have Rome as a great leader who really had ultimate control. And you had Cronerius, 
the governor of Syria, calling for yet another census. So what was the census about? Well, it was two reasons. It was to establish taxation. They wanted to know how many people were in a region so they knew how much money to collect. But it was also about reminding the people that you are mine, that you belong to me, and as my will goes, so it will be upon you. Luke could have referenced others to place the historical context of Jesus, but he picks this, this kind of outsider to the Jewish people. The census that... Uh, I'm just going to stop saying his name. This guy who called the governor... This governor who called the census, because he wasn't a puppet leader for the Jews. He was an outsider, a representative of Rome. He represented direct authority by the Roman government into this land where Mary and Joseph lived. This same census brought about a small rebellion by Judas the Galilean which brought bloodshed and war. This same one brought all kind of conflict, which eventually led to a direct conflict with Rome and Jerusalem, where the temple would be completely destroyed around 70 A.D. And in the midst of all this political turmoil, there was a couple, this Mary and Joseph, who were obedient Obedient to their God, obedient to the governing authorities of the time. And they show up on the scene, returning to Bethlehem, this little small city, the city of David, to where Joseph is from. Because a census, a thing of taxation, had called them. If it wasn't for the census, Jesus would have been a Nazarene. But he was called to Bethlehem, which also fulfills the prophet, what the prophets spoke of. And they were obedient, and they returned to their homeland. And it is interesting, this historical anchor that places us there. These grand images of leaders and governors, and the reason why they're even there in the first place. Jesus' birth is about as ordinary as they come. Two verses. Mary's time was complete and she had a baby. Her days were filled. It was only so long you can be pregnant. And her time was up. There's nothing special about this. There's nothing about the attendants by her side. Was it Joseph who delivered the baby? Was it a cousin? We don't know those details. But the birth was about as ordinary as they come. And because there was no place for them to stay on their journey to Bethlehem, she wraps this little baby in swaddling clothes. She lays them in the softest place that she could find, a feeding trough for animals. This was probably a fine location for this young couple, this poor family. And then something strange happens. There are some shepherds who are living out in the fields nearby. Shepherds. I wonder why shepherds. Why did God choose shepherds? 
they were a smelly group. They weren't very well thought of. They weren't necessarily the bottom rung on society. They were just a little bit above the leopards, but not by much. Were they somehow symbolic of Jesus' reign as the one who would come and shepherd his people? It's possible. But he chose them. They're just outside of Bethlehem, watching over their flock. Angels show up, makes this grand announcement that a Savior is born to you this day. And they respond how many respond when visited by a heavenly messenger, at first with great fear. And they have to be comforted. It says, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. This birth announcement is a universal call to all. This wasn't just a call to the Jewish people that said, we will come and set your kingdom back on the map. We will get rid of the Roman Empire that has so plagued you for these many years. These ones that we just referenced in this historical setting. No, it said, this is great joy, good tidings for all people. A universal call, a Christmas call, that is not just for a particular individual. It's not just for a particular people group, a race, an ethnic call. But this is for all. And he uses those who would consider just marginalized of society to make this announcement. These shepherds who living with their flock on the hills outside of Bethlehem, minding their own business. And he goes to them. You know, I remembered some of the, the parables that Jesus used. There's this one about uh, leaving the 99 sheep in the pasture and going after that lost one. Well, these shepherds did just that on this night. They left those sheep because of this message. And they went to find that one that was proclaimed to them by the angel and who was accompanied by a multitude, an army of this heavenly host to go see this thing that had happened. And they find him lying there in a manger. That multitude says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. There were those who had heard the call of Caesar Augustus and were not happy. There were those who had heard the census of Cronerius and were not happy. And they stood up with violence and bloodshed against the governing authorities of his day. But this Jesus born in this peaceful manger would change history as everyone even knew it. He would challenge the worldview of the time of Rome that saw that their great governance was their own divine right. For that was one of the challenges of the early church, is how do you represent a Christianity that believes in only one God in a pagan worldview that has all these other gods, and one in which emperor worship is a major part. So this peaceful setting of a manger with the lowing animals, 
and the sheep and all this kind of stuff. You know, those ones that we, we sing songs about. The ones that we, we watch movies and see paintings and all this kind of stuff. That is true. But Jesus' birth is anything but peaceful. If you read the birth account in the book of Matthew, you see that with it brought bloodshed as Herod tried to stamp out this would-be contender for the throne. Jesus and his parents escaped to Egypt to where they found sanctuary. It would only return later after Herod's death. We see a census that brings a rebellion that is squashed by the Romans brings bloodshed. So let us not forget that this peaceful day of a birth is easy. For with it, it brings protest to the powers that be. Because it does something different. It brings with it hope. It brings with it peace. It brings with it joy because of its love that we celebrate on Christmas. This is why we celebrate Advent and Christmas Day is because it changes so much for so many people. These are the themes. This is the coming that we celebrate. Not too many people, even in Jesus' day, expected it to take place in this way. And that's why as we celebrate Christmas and we celebrate Easter, we also look forward to Christ's second return. So that he may put an end to the death and the suffering and the pain that we still experience today. But today is Christmas Day. It is about celebrating the birth of a child. A child that will shape history in a way none other could. We still remember some of these names from history. But none have been so life-altering. Because none have truly been a savior. They have brought peace. They have brought prosperity. But they couldn't bring hope the way Jesus did. Because their lives were finite. They only had a set number of days to influence the course of history. But Jesus' life is infinite. Because when he gave up his life on the cross... He defeated death, and he took his place in eternity, and he calls you to follow him. So when we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate everlasting love. We celebrate John 3.16. For that is God's love for us, that he would give us a child. A child who would live to show us how to live. A child who lived in obedience. We don't talk about that a lot obedience that was what Jesus's example was he was obedient to his parents it says he was obedient to the law he was obedient to God's will until the point of death now this young couple they could have just stayed home and not participated in the census maybe they'd have gotten away with it Maybe they had a good excuse. Well, we just had a baby. It's a good excuse, isn't it, Nathan? It really does change a whole lot of stuff about what you do. But they were obedient to the law. 
they were obedient to this call. And even on the eighth day, they are obedient to their traditions. And they had the child circumcised and named Jesus and obedient to the call of the angels, those angelic messengers who foretold this whole event. And in the obedience of their parents, they taught Jesus the same. And he lived in a way that would truly change the shape of this world. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. is because God gave us something far better than we could ask for. He gave us a Savior. A Savior for all time. A Savior that truly changed everything. And so today, we're going to conclude right there. I know that we have family and friends in town, or some of you are probably getting ready to get on the road to visit them. And so I, I, I challenge you to celebrate the holidays, not just about getting together and seeing people you haven't seen in a while, but remembering why we can celebrate. And it is because of the birth of a baby that was many years ago who was born to set us free. So please join with me in a word of prayer. Our good and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this season. We thank you for the advent of Jesus Christ and what it means as we celebrate Christmas together. Lord, we pray as we leave here today that you watch over us, that you be with us in our travels and our festivities, that we are reminded why we, we can celebrate. And that is because you cared for us enough that in the right time of history you sent a child to be born so that we may truly be free. It is in your name we pray. Amen. And at this time of our invitation, Nathan, I want to ask if you come down front. If you decided today is going to be a day, Christmas Sunday, to let others know that you've decided to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, come forward. If you've been visiting First Baptist Church for some time and now is the day that you want to, to join, to be brothers and sisters united with this congregation, please come forward. Or maybe you're simply in need of prayer. Please come forward at this time.